When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mission accomplished yesterday. We held the gains. We went right up to that level we needed to get to, 38.20. Got to 38.22. But we haven't cleared it yet. Bears still in control. What we're going to talk about today is this market's on drugs. And a lot of them. Merck making a new all-time high. Amgen. Where's the money that came out of the market, out of the utility, into drugs? Will that continue? Tommy Lackey, longtime guest of the show, coming on at 835 to talk about relative strength and what he's seen out there in the markets. Mitch, let's get this Tuesday going for the folks. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your hosts, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm Ben the Penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Let's get right to the numbers. Let's get to the earnings. A little bit nervous up here. Uh, we hit 38.18 and a quarter. We know what that 38.20 looks like. We're down 13 and a quarter handles at 36.96. Uh, the dollar, it's been flat. It's up a couple pennies here, 111.97. TLT finally makes a move to the upside, up a buck 19, 93.59. Uh, crude continues to flow towards 80, down 86 cents, 83.72. Gold can't hold 16.50, down 6.50 at 16.47.60. Silver back under 19, down 33 cents at 18.86. Bitcoin down 45 dollars at 19,295. And Ethereum futures they're up four bucks at 13.49. We have a earnings bonanza today, triple D. And uh, so far, Q3, we're just kind of kind of moving along here in, uh, in the markets. What are you seeing out there? The earnings have been so far so good. And again, just, you know, obviously from the channel checks I did there in Montreal, like I was saying yesterday, um, you know, it doesn't appear to be a recession out there. And from these earnings that we're getting, the majority of them have been fine. We've had a few earnings warnings. But the majority of them so far have been fine. I'm still worried about going forward, but so far, so good. 
Obviously, with that being said, there's lots of individual disasters here. China still a disaster from yesterday. Those stocks did not really recover much, so ever. They're up a little bit this morning. But after that serious sell-off, you'd like a little bit more of a bounce. Um, overall, market selling off a little bit here, despite pretty good earnings across the board. Like, obviously, there's so many companies that report there's some disappointments. But I know some of the major companies are actually trading higher, some of the major reports here. So... That's interesting, too. And then to your point here, and maybe we should just start with this because we haven't been talking about it. This market is on drugs, Joel. This market is on drugs. And I mean, <gasps> wow. You know, you got Merck, all-time high. Full disclosure, I do have a long-term position. Same here. Same here. Um, you've got you guys Amber. didn't give me the memo. <laughs> I've had Merck. I've had Merck for Before you were born. 15 years i've had that stock i think man you couldn't give me those shares come on you're killing me <laughs> yeah the drug stocks are just pfizer i have as well i have a bunch of them i have, that too. I have a bunch no of them Abby. because they're you know me i'm a value guy these are the kind of stocks that you know are in my long-term portfolio i mean even gilead the dog of all dogs Ooh, breaking out here it's a hell of a long ways from an all-time high but i mean there's a stock that never goes at all so why is that you know, why is that, you know, that, that all of a sudden the drug stocks are getting hot? I mean, I think there's a couple of reasons here. But to be honest, I think the main reason is they've got low multiples. For and sure. two, they're seen as recession proof. You know, if you go into a recession, you're still going to need your drugs. You're still going to be, you know, buying, you know, from stock or buying drugs from these companies. So they're seen as kind of recession proof and they're not expensive. So rising interest rates, like, well, a lot of these things are trading at P's of like nine and 10. So they're not expensive as opposed to this, you know, the staples, which, you know, a lot of them, you're still going to be buying their stuff. But if they're sitting there at P's of 25, you've got the rates, you know, hitting that because they've got multiple contraction happening in the overall market. Well, there's not that much multiple contraction needed in this sector. So I'm kind of upset that, you know, I went through it here. And didn't think about this, but you know it's nice for the long-term portfolio. Um, so, anyways, I've yeah, got I my, just uh, want to add uh, just around that. Uh, uh, you know, been interviewing uh, uh, the uh, biotech analyst over at uh, Wedbush for the past six months or closer to a year, and one thing they said was the pipeline really got jammed up with COVID, and the uh, um, as far as the drug approvals and everything, very slow to come through. And uh, now, uh, you know, it, it's open and you're going to be hearing more now. Of course, these stocks, you know, move on their earnings as well, uh, but it's the drug approvals. And we'll be seeing more of that um, in 22 um, and into 23. So we always know that, that that are, you know, the major catalyst for stocks along with earnings. Uh, did we just lose Triple D? Uh, just he's in the background. He'll be right back. Probably okay. just uh, he had okay. someone uh, jump into the office. You know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm here. I had an intruder alert. I so. told you intruder well, alert. Man. Well, yeah, I, know I have it. two I know sick it. kids. They're both home for the day. I mean, this just nonstop sicknesses in this household. I don't know why that is, but I guess it's this time of year. Young kids get sick. Okay, well, you could show us and say hi or something. I don't get to see. Uh, She's looking pretty yeah. rough after People, a rough right? night okay. there, Joel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna lie to you. She coughed, and I, I'm hoping she. I think we're gonna have to take her to the doctor today because I hope she didn't have a little touch of pneumonia. She had to cough ten thousand. She's coughing every five seconds all night in her sleep. Uh-huh. So she's not have a lot of other symptoms. It's kind of like just like a dry cough, but it's a little bit of wheeze too. So, anyways, I'm thinking she might Nothing have like a. Nyquil. 
She was she was sick a few weeks ago, and she just hasn't been able to kick it. So I just don't know if it's starting to move into a little something else. So might she's be not like me and just trying to stay home and watch The Price Is Right. Maybe I loved that when I was a kid. You did that too, Mitch. Hell yeah, I think that's sick what to I did too. Right. Oh yeah, if I was home sick, that Price Is Right Bob Barker was going on for sure. My boy Bob, Bob killed Barker. it, man. All right, there's but... nobody that killed their job more than Bob Barker. He killed yeah. it. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> taking off here. Although he wouldn't get away with kissing all those girls nowadays. What about Johnson and Johnson here? Do you guys think that this is still setting up? Because I've been watching this chart for a very long time, and I was look, I was liking it, and I got stopped out last time. Um, kind of did a little decline. I've been watching this one. It started to take off. Had two good days. Maybe an inside day or a little pullback here. This is drug stock, so it's going to get the love, and it's got everything in it. Obviously, the the higher multiple, so it's not going to get the love that some of these lower multiple drug stocks are getting, but it's still thrown in there. So market's playing a little bit of defense, looking for lower multiple. What's J&J multiple, 20? Hmm, let me look right there. I haven't looked it up. Maybe we can find that. Go to the yeah, trusty right Benzinger now. Pro. Mitch, go on the trusty Benzinger. I'm guessing 20. It used to be like 25. I'm guessing it's coming up bad. I'm guessing 20. Yeah, t- 23 uh, Ooh, on the PE, and the forward looked 16. Yeah. Oh, okay, on the forward, 16 isn't bad. Yeah, so the if forward, that's, 16. So if that's right. Yeah. So I, I, I'd be a buyer of J&J on pullbacks here. I think the drug stocks, I think that does trade does continue. You know, unlike, you know, let, let's say, and, and I've been wrong on Ooh, the energy about... trade the whole time, but, you know, the oil stocks have lower PEs too, so there are a little bit, you know, reasons why they're running too. But at the same time, their businesses are cyclical. These businesses are not cyclical. These businesses just pump out, you know, they, they don't go down all of a sudden when the economy starts going down. So I like the drug stocks here. I think I'd be a buyer of almost all of them on pullbacks. Uh, this J&J is a tough chart. I, I, th- I did have a, um, a re- major resistance point, but uh, that was Friday. I mean, that's where you wanted to catch it when, you know, you had three, four, five. Look like someone was perched at 168. Yeah. Now what? Uh, now you probably have, you had a quad of highs here. Uh, now 172. Dennis, I don't know how far you can see in the book now, but I think after this kind of rally being at 160 or under 160 earlier in the month, I just think, you know, the, the whole numbers and the half numbers are really going to start to thicken up here. So. Down eight cents, one seventy ninety. You snuck over one seventy two yesterday, so don't know where the pullback's going to be. I don't know if I'd hop in right at uh, Friday's low at uh, or Friday's low, Monday's low at sixty nine and a quarter. Uh, but you're right, Mitch. Maybe a couple days of consolidation if you could get another low or two to lean on in this area. Uh, yeah, but um, one seventy two. Keep an eye on that on the upside. Can't give you a great support number yet. All right, let's run through Biogen right quick since we're already talking healthcare. Let's stay in the area, and then we'll go towards GM up next and UPS. So stick around, guys. Lots to talk about today. Biogen EPS, $4.77, beating the $4.16 estimate. Sales at $2.51 billion, beating the $2.47 billion estimate. They did raise their full year 22 adjusted EPS guidance. Uh, and it, I mean, they raised it from 1525 to a high end of 1675 to 1650 and then a high end of 1715. So there you guys see also a raise of sales guidance. So looks like Biogen guiding and not looking too bad moving forward. 
Um, you've had the gap up, obviously, off of the Alzheimer's data. It's kind of held up, and now it looks like it wants to challenge those highs. If it does, break out, and you're in the right sector here. 283, the P is lower. I am long Biogen, full disclosure. I have been long mm. Biogen like I joke on this one since birth. I think I bought it 20 years ago. So I've been in this one a long, long time. I've sold some stock along the way just because it's been such a big winner. But um, I haven't sold stock in years, though. So I wish I would have sold it up at 450 back in April 2021 when it had the really big move. But this looks like it wants to break out to me. So talk yeah, to my book tough, here a little bit. Yeah. I don't intend to sell any, so I'm not scared to talk the book a little bit because I don't intend to sell it. Um, I think I think you could see 300 in Biogen. Yeah, this is tough. Like if you were looking to buy this at the pullback after the gap up, you had to be really patient. You did to get the the quad of lows just above 250. So we weren't weren't looking at it back then. So that's a ways away. Trading up on 5,000 shares. Dennis X marks the spot. That was 83.44. Opened right up there near that area that day and sold off. Uh, the high close for the rebound was that area too. So I want to see it close above uh, 276.61. But that's the only resistance. Very, very little trading in the pre-market. 283.44 if you're looking for a target. People don't like trading those $277 nah. stocks. They like trading the $5 stocks. I like this setup. I like it. You, you like Biogen too? Yeah. We're kind of all on the same page. Well, you, is, uh, you, you just gave technicals. You bullish though overall, Joel Biogen? What are you thinking? I think there's room up to 283.44. I'd be a seller there. I don't know about breaking out. The double top. Uh, yeah. You think it may be a double top. Yeah. I don't even know if it's going to get there today because a lot of people, you know, it had that pop up there and people are like, ah, I'm going to let it go. And then they see it go to 250. Now they're getting their other shot at two, you know, at the 275, 280 area. Yeah. And so that, that's what I think. But if it, you know, if it clears that, breaks out, I mean, it's clear. That's clear on the monthlies too. Um, you know, then you know, maybe take a shot at three hundred, but that's where I would play it on the long side. We'll see what happens there. I like the two seventies off the monthly trend line. We'll see if that holds. All right, let's keep going. Let's get towards General Motors. Wonder what's going on in the EV space. Yesterday uh, definitely had a shakeup with all the China news, but let's talk about General Motors here. EPS. At two dollars and twenty-five cents, beating the one dollar and eighty-nine cent estimate. Good beat there on EPS sales at forty-one point eight nine billion, beating the forty-one point seven seven billion estimate. They do see full year twenty-two adjusted EPS at six dollars and fifty cents to a high end of seven dollars and fifty cents versus the six dollars and seventy-nine cent estimate. And full year 22 net income at 9.6 billion to a high end of 11.2. They really, really believe or don't believe these numbers. They'll tell, I'll tell you that the market doesn't believe it. And it's because the wide range that they gave. They yeah, gave but even if you're making range. five, six bucks, the thing's trading with a PE of five. Like mm. they've, they're pricing in eventually collapse of these earnings. And I am yeah. too. That's why I don't believe it either. I don't believe these automotives can continue to just, you know, I think there was a lot of, you know, back orders. I think there's a lot. I go to those dealerships. The channel checks of the dealerships, from my experience, are not good. The Apple store, it's bombed. Those dealerships are like literally, they don't, from in my area, I don't see anybody buying cars. So not at these prices. So I think they're eventually they're not going to hit these earnings, but can't argue with the performance here as of late. You can't argue with this earnings report. It's pretty good. But I think if they really would believe in this, like that they were really going to continue to hit these crazy numbers, uh, the stock would be up a hell of a lot oh, more. Yeah, a lot so more. the market is calling this, 
the company's bluff basically here. Not that they're bluffing. It's just that they're being overly optimistic in my opinion. So I don't know. I'm not buying GM. I, I sold my GM at 41. I had it for a long time. Sold it back in September. It was a good sale. Wish I would have rebought 31 because I'd be up five points right now. But I'm going to just sit on the sidelines here on this one. Uh, they took it down first, it looks like, off to the report, and then they ratcheted it up. At uh, And we, we talked about this on the At the Close show when you had uh, the gap down. I uh, This was back on September 22nd. Uh, I believe Ford was the culprit on that day, uh, giving us uh, some lower guidance, but still saying they're going to make the full year. Uh, that day you had a high of thirty-eight oh four. You just came in at thirty-eight bucks. You've leaked over a dollar. I think you're going to have trouble in the thirty-seven handle, uh, getting back up to that thirty-eight. As I said, that also fills a gap in the trading action. So, prove to me you can take out that pre-market high thirty-eight. Keep on going. Right now, pretty good resistance as far as looking for support on this one. Top of yesterday's range, 3588. The close is right there, 3572. So let's just call uh, uh, 30, just 30, a little bit above that, 36 support, 38 resistance for General Motors. Uh, Ford's kind of been sneaking up lately. Uh, before I left, I remember seeing that. Hmm, got to get through 12, got to get through 12. Finally got through 12. Good day yesterday. Up 14 cents. Gap to fill in this one, too, folks. Keep an eye on 12.75. That's 13 cents away for Fords. I think next year is going to be really tough on these uh, vehicle too, companies man. with recession coming. I do, too. Um, interest rates still rising. It's not like they're going to, even if the interest rates pause, that doesn't mean that they're going to be cutting them anytime soon. So I think that they might have a really good 2024, but I'll tell you, 23. Doesn't look too good for me moving forward. I even I think, think recession, so you know, forget a recession. I think less cars. You're just going to be overall less cars on the road. I'm not <laughs> Joel's been talking about this. It's the electric I, vehicles, man. Yeah, Come on, Joel. I, like I, oh boy, I, 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 uh, I would mention that uh, to Lisa while we were traveling. I said, uh, uh, you know, maybe we just, you know, go down to one car. She goes, yeah. My car, you can uh, you can ride a bike. But, uh, <laughs> I don't have too far to go to uh, to get to work. So, uh, but we'll see. I mean, the numbers are looking good. It's just you know, it's one of those days where you know it starts out in the green and everyone's optimistic, and then the liquidity comes in. So, just oh, I just want to mention too um, that what a, listen skipping around here, but what about the price action in Meta yesterday? Uh, we talked about it with uh, with Tim yeah. Quast. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, made some com- Mitch made some comments about a big options trade in Snap. I mean, what do you think, Dennis? I mean, it went up on bad news. Uh, for this well, one. and you had let's call it what it is. The market just ripped, roared, and ripped. everything started okay. going up on bad news. But a seller exhaustion here. I mean, it's oversold. You know, to Tim Quast's point. You know, he was looking at oh, it's starting to turn a little bit here. There's people who are coming in saying, hey, this is a cheap multiple stock too. And they're buying cheap multiple stocks. I just think the business itself has got problems. So this is why I'm bearish meta overall. But I'm not short the stock right now. So, you know, I think if we rallied significantly, I would be interested in shorting the stock. But we just went from 180 to 130. Stocks don't go straight down. So it's not, you know, it was good news that the stock rallied on a rating. Makes you think maybe the bottom is in a meta, at least the short-term bottom. 
But and I said like 122.53. As long as you're above that, you could take a shot. But again, I just don't like the business, so I'm staying bearish. But I'm not saying I'm shorting it here. I'm not saying I'd sell it here. I'd sell into rallies though. If you got up to 140s, 150s, I'd be selling into that. Uh, this is the the second mega cap tech that Bank America has downgraded over the past month. Uh, they threw in the towel on Apple last month, and uh, it got hit, but now it's back up to the area, and now uh, uh, they do it with Meta. So uh, we'll see. I mean, impressive, impressive rally yesterday. Market dynamics definitely helped it out. Uh, we'll see if it Big can hold, hold 130. We'll Big time. The market's helping everything out. I mean, the market might be on drugs, but it's still helping to buy the dips. I mean, the Tesla held, too. Um, it cut through. So you can say, well, it didn't really hold, but they rallied it right back up. So now you got the old Gil Morales undercut and rally. We're right back up above 200 again. So just because it cuts through doesn't mean, okay, well, this is it. You need it to stay. When their stocks are breaking down, they got to stay broken down. They start getting back up above it. And then you have that dreaded undercut and rally trick. So I'd be careful being sure Tesla here too, just because it made a new low yesterday. doesn't mean it's going down either. The one issue Tesla's having right now why I can't get any type of sustained rally going despite the overall market is I think the market is nervous that Musk going to have to sell more stock. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that's weighing on it. Obviously, Twitter is up of another buck here. It looks like this deal is probably going to get done. Arbitrage risk arbs are saying it's probably going to get done. It's literally less than $2 away from the takeout price here now. But how is he raising the money? So we don't know if he's got, obviously... You know, maybe some different financing arrangements happening here soon, but he needs to raise a little bit more. If he has to sell more Tesla stock, it's going to spook shareholders. So that's probably why it continues to weigh. I'm interested in buying Tesla at a certain price. I, I think, you know, the multiple has come in a little bit here. Best run automotive company. You see them everywhere. It's come off. It's been cut in half the stock. So not that it should have maybe ever been up at 414. A lot of people should say it shouldn't be at 211, but. You know, you're looking at this thing not trading like on just hope and dreams right now. It's trading on earnings and they're growing like crazy. So you could see it growing into this multiple. I could totally see it growing into the multiples trading at right now. I think if you bought Tesla today, I think you're actually probably be happy five to 10 years from now. I just think maybe the time to buy is when he actually sells more stock because I think he might have to. Right. Um 215 is just sticking out right here, and Tesla gives you good numbers. So we're down a buck 90 at uh 209.35. Uh, you know, couple lows you undercut that 202 low, got into the uh 100 handle, they didn't like that. Boom, rallied back with the markets. But uh, keep an eye on if you you know, if you want to buy it on strength instead of weakness, uh, keep an eye on that 215 because once they clear out that or if they can clear out that 215 seller. Things are opening up to 222.93. So nice setup on Tesla, at least for resistance. Support is not as well defined. We'll have to keep watch to see what happens there in Tesla. Will Elon sell? Let's keep going. Let's go to UPS. UPS is uh, earnings coming in here. And uh, let me just pull it up here. It looks like I have it somewhere here. All right, well, I have it here. Um, UPS, EPS at $2.99, beating the $2.87 estimate. And uh, sales coming in here at $24.2 billion, beating the $24.42 billion estimate. They did reaffirm 
uh, consolidated financial targets of revenue of a hundred and two billion. I took this through the report um, intentionally just because I thought the bar was low enough with FedEx. I thought if they said anything even remotely okay that the stock was going to rally. Um, obviously, we're talking about FedEx from a month ago. It was just a disaster, and UPS got hammered on that too. So we've seen this story play out multiple times. History doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes from Mark Twain and obviously Ryan Dietrich who comes on our show. Friday. Um, we see this all the time. It seems like FedEx reports. It disappoints. It lowers the bar for UPS, and then UPS gets over the lower bar. So, anyways, last night UPS was selling off like a buck and a half or two dollars ahead of the report, and I was like, I'll take a shot on that. You want to give me a dollar and a half, two dollar lead? I think this stock actually can, um, you know, can go up even if their earnings aren't that great, and they weren't that great. So, I'm already out. I've already sold the stock. So, I sold it this morning. I took a quick seven or eight point gain. Nice. Six, and I bought it last night. But, you know, and, and there, was, there was risk involved. I didn't go crazy size. You know, it was a small size trade because you know there's high risk. But sometimes you just got to take those shots. You know, you got a feeling. I had a feeling they were going to rally it on this report. So, and the market's holding up. Yeah, I was just going to say, if yeah. it was a big down day in the market. I wouldn't have did it. You wouldn't have done it. No, I yep. wouldn't have did it. So no. the overall Always market. Always ask the question, right? What yep. environment are you in? Yep. And you're in an environment where they're buying dips now anyways. The bar was lower. It kind of was like the ducks were in a row to see at least a rally on the number, on the print on this. So, and that's what it is. You know, we're just, we're making calls. You're making bets. You're analyzing all the information around you. But Joel's absolutely correct. The S&P would have got hammered yesterday. I wouldn't touch this. But the S&Ps were going up. They're still looking for dips to buy. And here's a stock that's got a really low bar. And they've beat the lower FedEx bar before. So they have a history of beating the lower FedEx bar. Mm -hmm. So it's set up well. I got paid for it. It's probably going to make my day. Um, Good. Yeah, Good. so decent trade. Did you look at this gap that it had? Just, uh, I believe that was might have been on the FedEx day when it gapped down. It had uh, 173.77. That filled the gap. It did that and then some. Uh, not really no major high at 175. I probably would have looked at that 173.77 and 174 and said, good enough for me. Uh, and I'll use that area now too, because it was the close in the low from the 21st. You've leaked a two and a half bucks off the high. So yeah. keep an eye on that 173.83, you know, up to 174, of course, uh, always a, another target, the pre-market high. Boom comes in at 175.56. Uh, FedEx is still just kind of stuck. I mean, they scared people. It did get a little bit of a lift, but I don't know how excited you can get about the stock until it gets over that, gets into that gap area. Maybe room up to 164.61. Rally stalled uh, last week at 161.42. Not even anywhere it's near that. cheap, though. I'm going to say this. UPS is important for it. FedEx reported a month ago, so we already know their earnings. So sometimes the sympathy move off of the report you already know isn't usually very significant. One thing, though, is they're looking for beat up cheap stocks. The multiple on FedEx is still cheap. So this is the kind of stock I actually I actually contemplated buying this in my long-term portfolio. Um, simple reason. I had it in there a long time. I actually had FedEx in my long-term portfolio from 90 to about 250. So at 250, it went to 300. I was like, well, that was a mistake. Now it's back at 150. And I'm like, well, I'll scalp 100 points off this thing in the long-term portfolio sounds pretty good. Dividend isn't great on this one, never was. I kind of almost rather own UPS and FedEx because it seems like UPS always does a little bit better on the reports for whatever reason. But, you know, if you're going into a recession, though, 
then FedEx isn't going to do well. So then that that part, you know, you get like the voices. Like I, I was give that now. Remember like Herman's head, you know, back in the day for all those people who, you know, watch that show. You had like the four voices in your head and they're all telling you different things. You're trying to make decisions off these four voices. You know, I got the little voice that says value stock, pretty cheap. They're buying those kind of stocks, you know, jump in there. And I have the recession voice saying, are you nuts? There's a recession coming up here. Are you nuts? So is anyway, it, so you sit here with like... two voices just fighting each other and it's trying to make a decision. <laughs> Do I or don't I put this in the long-term portfolio again? I'm scalping 100 points. Let's do it. Now there's a recession coming. Don't touch it. So okay, we will be. I haven't made a decision yet. What do I do? That will not be in our book. That that's the yeah, little yeah, 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 no, no, that won't credit. be. That won't be. Uh, that will not be in our book. Uh, it's a, but, a little uh, Dennis the Menace. On the on the left shoulder. <laughs> do you remember that show, Herman's Head, Mitch? You're too young for no, that. No, I, I do know Google Dennis the Menace, though. It was I don't awesome remember show. that. It was one. like three seasons. It was a good show. Herman's Head. Herman's Head. You don't remember that's, that one that's either. That's a that's a Canadian show. You know? No, it wasn't. It was a good. There's some <laughs> people. Chad, not... help me out. Daniel remembers. Becca remembers. We got Is, are you sure that's Herman's the name? Of I just it? see. I Herman's just see a little head, devil. Yeah. A little, 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 yeah. Little Daniel Dennis. was on Fox. Fox came out with all the good shows. Fox killed it back in the days. Back in the Simpsons days. and back Living Color, days. Married with Children. They rocked I, it, man. I, I remember a Herman Munster. Herman's head. Not yeah, what they the used monsters. to be. Joel says it was a good show, and not you, Joel. The other Joel, unless you're the pretending to be that Joel. No, I'm not. <laughs> all right, let's sneak one more in here before we get to our guest. Let's really quickly go to 3M. Uh, 3M here, EPS coming in at $2.69, beating the $2.62 estimate. Sales at $8.6 billion, missing the $8.73 billion estimate. They cut full year guidance. They cut the full year 22 adjusted EPS guidance from $10.30 in the high end of $10.80 down to $10.10 in the high end of $10.35. Uh, the major issue still hanging over this is the lawsuits, right? So yep. um, this is why the stock has gotten just, you know, murdered. And if that wasn't hanging over, you get a you know a two for one stock split in 3M from 200 down to 100. I'd say buy it, but um, I don't know when they're going to settle all that stuff up. So you've got that that you know still the potential litigation, which is absolutely huge you know, hanging over the stock. Um, I don't know if they have like a date or anything. I haven't following it close enough, but obviously we're talking about the earplugs here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like if they've got a date or if this is actually, does if, this, if the chat's following the story, maybe we'd know more, but still sounds like they could owe a lot of money. Yeah, I'm not touching it. <laughs> uh, let's see. It dropped under 114.50. Where are these all these lows at? Uh, 113 is where I'd get see any kind of uh, support in this. Uh, three lows last week uh, surrounding that area. I'll give that support. Down 337. You even got a ways to go to get to the uh, bottom of yesterday's range at 117.19. So yeah, so I'm trying to range. just read. I just Googled the updates and obviously get, you know, I don't know how well this information is, but I mean, there's 200 in the class action suit, there's 250,000 claims. And the claims are, you know, for millions of dollars each. Like, if that all went through, they could actually bankrupt the company. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't yeah, think so. But this is, like, really hanging over, you know, 3M. And this is a main reason why the stock has just been really hit hard. 
So lots of, you know, things to worry about with that. If that wasn't hanging over, I would say buy the stock, but I don't want to get in there with all this, you know, litigation still and settlement talks and 230,000 claims on these defective earplugs. There's already so, been a I'll, big I'll, settlement, right? There's already Yeah, I was I don't know what the settlement I was trying to find the settlement amount, but there's been but not it was the whole big. thing. Yeah, it but was it wasn't big. on the whole thing. I know. That's the it problem. Was... So you start doing the math and you're like, man, are they all gonna get this? And they're fighting it, right? So it's still fighting it all. So I'm not following it closely enough to know really, you know, all, all the details here. I just know, yeah, like and there's a seeking alpha author article that's saying, you know, they're facing over a hundred billion dollars in losses potentially here. You know, if if the, all of this went through, could you imagine? <laughs> like, what's 3M worth? They don't have that. You know, the company looks, might be worth that. So it's a major issue. Yeah, it looks like there's three million lawsuits in all 56. Oh my gosh, three yeah. million. <laughs> That's a lot to work through. Um, there, there's a lot to think about here, and yeah. this actually is what hangs over the company. So I think it's a no touch for me, just as much as China stocks are no touch. The 3M is a no touch until we get more clarity on how much, you know, everybody's going to get here. Because it sounds like a lot of them are going to get a lot of money. So, and if there's that many claims, wow. I, I saw 230,000 claims, which is a lot. 3 million sounds like a lot more. So I can't touch it for those reasons. Yeah, this is an update from the 24th of October. So <laughs> just yesterday. Gary. So I think they know. Um, yeah. yeah, 3 million combat armed earpug uh lawsuits so not going to be something that i would step into and the thing is you just don't know how much they're going to sell for so you don't know how the company will be valued i don't know that. how they're going to pay it all yeah. you know if there's that many even if they settled for you got three million claims even if you settled for like a few hundred thousand a piece only i mean how much money is that it's just it's so much money so and then and then like pedro's even saying i'm even scared yeah i'm even scared to be trading it because all of a sudden you're long this thing overnight and it comes out with this news, you know, that, you know, boom, you know, the settlement or, or you know, or something else happens. <laughs> I, I, I'm just so scared of this lawsuit. Yeah, there's, 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 there's other places to put your money. Right? Yeah, exactly. I don't need to take risks like that. This is an unquantifiable risk. I don't buy stocks Oof. with unquantifiable risk. One that I was thinking about taking yesterday, I didn't do it, full disclosure, but definitely like the charts. And a lot of this based on the PepsiCo earnings, but I was oh, going to take Coke. Yeah. Uh, Joel and I were talking about it yesterday at, at the close. I like the chart just because PepsiCo was kept continuing after their earnings report. Yeah. But uh, Coca-Cola EPS coming in here, 69 cents on the EPS, beating the 64 cent estimate sales at 11.1 billion, beating the 10.49 billion estimate. They do expect to deliver comparable currency neutral non-GAAP EPS growth of 15 to 16%. But part of that, of course, is expected to include a 9% currency headwind. Um, so keep that in mind. They are going through some currency headwinds. The company does not plan to release 2023 full year guidance until next year. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, it's kind of stuck in the middle for me. I mean, I think about a 50% retracement of the recent move, 65 to 54, 11 bucks off. Let's take, you know, the middle of that five and a half. You get to 60, 59, 60. That's where I think the logical spot for this to stall out is 60. So it's not a cheap stock, but they're buying a little bit of defense right now. It does well during a recession. People are still drinking their Coke. Warren's still drinking his six Cokes a day, even if the recession hits. So, I mean, that's that's the good news. The bad news is the multiples (laughs) is not that cheap. So if you got multiple contraction, I'd rather own the drugs, but I'd be a seller at 60. Uh, I don't even know if you're going to get an opportunity at that today. To get up there today? Yeah, not no, quite to I it. didn't. No, it got to. It got to. Well, the, there was a daily high at fifty nine seventy three, and you've only gotten to fifty nine thirty five. So you're going to need to do some heavy lifting first to get it to the pre market high. There might be some uh, um, uh, some paper at fifty nine fifty. So at least for today, I took a look at that as resistance current. I don't even know if this can open over 59. I mean, 400,000 shares have traded. Uh, You got to chew through the book at 58. I don't know what's perched at 59, Uh, but uh, I don't know. I mean, going into the report, if you had it, be looking to sell it 59 to 59 and a half. Where to buy it? And I Coke will do this. It'll give you a chance, you know, maybe over the next couple days. That's a step. 58. Yeah, like you think this is blasting off to new all-time highs? I I, I think you're going to get a chance to. Yeah, so I, why? why I don't think I need a chase. That's the whole problem with the overall market is like it just keeps giving you a chance. So you're like, do I really need to chase this 200-point S&P rally here over the last you know week or two? Or am I going to get another chance? I mean – Market seems to give you more chances. Give me a lot it's... of a lot of other chances here, and also with that, just yeah. the, the the overall market at uh, at major to me, it's major resistance, and then the real real big uh, uh, earnings reports coming out. But uh, it's a uh, it's eight thirty six here, and yeah. uh, I want to bring in a, a guest uh, that we've had on the show quite a few times uh, from Relativity Capital Advisors. It's uh, Tommy Lackey who comes on to talk about relative strength and all that good stuff. Tommy, how are you doing today? Doing great, guys. How about yourself? Good. So let's let's get to the fundamentals. Let's get to the stuff that uh, that you're looking at. I mean, this is a rally. It's kind of like, 
you know, we're rallying. I mean, you know, not like the bull market that we had in uh, it, later in 20 and later in 21. But when you look at important uh, indicators like the breath, what's the breath telling you about the market, Tommy? Um, it's not improving the way everybody thinks it might be. Um, we are seeing definitely spaces and things like that, but you're not seeing any kind of major breadth improvements. We saw those mid-summer. Everybody talked about all the breadth thrust here and there and everywhere. Um, the problem is, is they fizzled out, you know, and when you have such a uh, prominence of tape bombs, and you have the well, Fed like that, that is, you have the Fed that is exactly in a different regime than it's been for most all of our lives. Um, it's just a different game and it's hard to play versus what we've seen for a while. I still say, and we talked about this last time, the vast majority of money managers have never seen any of this, much less the retail investor. So true, Tommy. So I love you're that. running into a different view unless you have people who are actual market historians that have looked back at the data and studied it from that perspective. And even then, if you don't have the context of living through it, the mental side will beat you to all else. Holy, those are such good points. I love that tape bombs term. I'm going to use that, Tommy <laughs> Lackey. That was a great one there. Do you see any more tape bombs here coming this oh, earnings sure. season? Sure. There's no doubt we're going to have them from the Fed as soon as things start getting heated up a little bit. We're going to have them. We're going to have some good side from some of these companies because the sentiment has just gotten so poor. And we have started to see over the last couple of minutes negative news or weeks. Negative news is starting to be looked at a little more positive or a little yeah. more. You know, maybe this is the end of it. So I do think we have the opportunity to rally out some here. But I certainly do not believe that it will likely be the end of this down move. Um, I was working in the 2000, 2003, and then also seven to nine. And these are a little more like that. But most participants from 2009 and 10 on, most young people, nothing personal, but most of y'all have been in a situation to where every single time things even got remotely shaky, the Fed would step in in one way or another. And you're not going to see that. They may slow, but that's not stepping in. So how are you approaching this market then? I mean, if we've got potential tape bombs, you know, where it's going to take us higher or lower, just, you know, on you know one sudden news coming out of nowhere, how are you approach this market as a trader? Well, and again, trader is such a bad definition and too broad. I the reality agree. is yep. if you're real short term, great. You just have to stay on top of it every day, every minute, everything. If you're a swing trader, the opportunities have been very difficult, but we are starting to see some nice midterm, you know, three week, two, three week, month long patterns. I'm looking at the, the, the relative movers. I always talk to you guys about the relative movers over the last five days. But remember, I also track the ones that are relative mirrors over the last 21 days or the last month. Well, those are the ones that are important now because they're the ones that have been basing for the last month when everything else was killing itself. And so now we're in a situation to where we, what I would call as a barbell effect, is that we're going to have two things that I think are likely if this bounce does hold any water. Now, I do have to stop and say one thing. I really appreciate the time you guys give me, but... It's hard for me to condense everything down into such a short time. So I'm sure I'm going to leave a lot out. 
But the reality is, is that the barbell effect is, is that we have two issues, I think, that are the most potential for profits right now, depending on the type of trader you are. One is the things that have held up and had the best relative strength. That is energy. That is metals. That is some healthcare. That is some um, industrials. But it's very selective. The cool part is, is we're now in a world with the such specificity in the ETF world that we don't have to stop at the sector level. We can go down to themes and spaces. Example, and I'm not going to pull up charts, but Mitch, you can if you want. Um, IGN is one in tech that's got wonderful relative strength. Now, it's a very low traded ETF. So you might not like the volume, but look at the pattern. And if you look at it versus the S&P 500, on a relative basis on your own and you, or you look at it from a stance of versus technology, it's been killing it. So you look inside to what stocks are leading that. That's an idea of where to go if you want to be in tech or right now, that's one end where that's relative strength in tech, then relative weakness in tech. We all know semiconductors have been completely annihilated the last six to seven weeks, but they're at washout levels and they've showed a nice, very short-term pattern. I prefer PSI, from SMH, but look at PSI right now. Um, very short-term powder. Again, very thin, but it gives you a different view. It's not just the lumbering intels and the big monsters and semis. It's some of these others that actually have good future opportunities still. Um, so that's one in that. But the reality is if you're really looking at strength versus weakness, you need to go energy on the strength side. Look at something like OIH. I mean, all summer, and I talked with it in the notes I sent y'all, all summer everybody talked about the narrative of how energy was about to get killed because of the demand destruction from the downturn in the economy. No one ever talked about the supply constraints and the problem that we have very little supply on the sidelines right now compared historically. So no matter what happens, you've got two factors going on here. One, supply, demand may get crushed, but supply is lower. And then two, you're in a situation to where all these companies now have retooled during the last downturn and they're making profits at over probably 45 or $50 a barrel. So people are talking about maybe peak energy earnings, but that doesn't mean they're not going to have real solid numbers for a while going forward. And that's why you're kind of seeing energy stocks continuing to perform while oil has been meandering yeah. for a month or two. It's just something you got to look a little further than just a direct relationship between energy stocks and oil. It doesn't work that way. And then you flip all the way down to the bottom side and go to something like XLC. You've got communication stocks. You've got, I mean, if you want to go big, go Google. If you want to go small, go some of the internet companies or some of the entertainment companies. Um, maybe something like PEJ which takes communications, goes a little bit more specific and goes into entertainment and goes into a more specified area. See, these are areas, again, been beat to snot and have been in huge downtrends. So I'm not counting on them to be the next, you know, new highs. But what I would say is off these lows, if the markets get a 10 to 12 percent balance, something like this could be 15 to 20. And so it gives you the opportunity to get into some of these spaces that have really been singled out and beat up or singled out and held relative strength. And when we do get a market bounce, those are the two I would count on the most. The ones in the middle, I think, will continue to be stuck in the middle. 
All right, I jumped in there. I took the opportunity to throw up some names uh, in those ETFs. So what I did is I just did an RSI uh, outlook and threw up some names for you, Tommy. I appreciate you going through those ETFs, though. But it gives you the idea of how much specificity you can have. And what I would say is, is with the issues of this market, when we're at very extremes, like we were at a week or two ago, I definitely prefer the ETFs over the uh, individual names because of, as I said, the tape bombs, the lawsuit, the, you know, lose that big contract. Because right now we're still in a major downtrend. And when bad news is taken as bad news, it gets crushed. Yeah. So it's hard to pick any one unless you just have a really, really good feeling or unless you've been watching things like options activity and things like that that give you a different viewpoint of a clue. Tom, we're going to get the mega caps here all coming at us fast and furiously in the next two to three days here. I mean, just looking at the tape tonight, we're going to get Microsoft and Google tomorrow. We're going to get Meta Thursday. We're going to get Apple and Amazon. We're talking about basically over 20% of the S&P 500 here reporting in five names. I mean, this is going to be, you know, market moving to say the least here. What are your thoughts on these names? You know, you can just bulk them all if you want, call the fang, call it whatever you want. What are your thoughts on these names as we approach this, you know, in two days? You know, this. You know. Um, I think, again, it depends on some example of what they announce. Um, the sentiment is so bad still that there's a great chance that they bounce out of here on reasonable or just not terrible numbers and outlook, but the outlooks are going to probably be more important than the numbers. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of questions that have to be answered about tech layoffs for the first time in decades. So, or job freezes or whatever. So that, that leaves you open for some, some definite risk. Um, but at the same time, again, that plays into the fall end of the year bounce that I think we will likely have. Um, again, we've stretched so far. Everybody's talking about the worst year ever, the worst year ever, the worst year ever. Usually when that happens, it doesn't end up that way. Doesn't mean it won't be a bad year, but it may not be the worst year ever. And so I think once the elections are out of the way, we have a chance that, you know, there, there may be some portfolio manager chasing into the end of the year if anything does ignite. Now, all this comes with a high level of risk. I put in my notes that I could see a short term lockout rally. Like we've seen in the past, the only problem with lockout rallies is, is they tend to be in uptrends, not downtrends. So that would be the exception, not the rule here. But again, when sentiment gets so bad. A lockout rally, Tommy? Yeah, a lockout rally is basically to where it just goes up almost every day for two to three weeks, two weeks maybe. And, you know, I could see the mm -hmm. S&P heading up to that 4,100 area easily. Ooh, yeah. Without doing anything. I can't blame yeah. you with that outlook. If you get people on board because everybody is just like, what am I going to do to finish this year? And I think that that could be possible, especially if we get any good news or if we get any good reactions to bad news. The traders in us, even those of us that are position traders, eat that up when it starts changing the character. And we're seeing that right now. The question is, can it hold? It didn't during the summer, but end of the year tends to be a little different sometimes just because of all the different tailwinds that you tend to have. I agree. I can't disagree with that, Tommy, in the outlook, especially in the short term with uh, no Fed talk this week. So who knows? Maybe these earnings come in a little bit better than expected and really start getting us going. Now, is there certain sectors that you're looking at that are starting to get stronger than others where you could look for the opportunity here? Yeah, let me go to that and just say, but I will say that I do think those large tech 
companies have to lose those percentage weighting uh, behemoths before this is all over. I do think you have to see energy be a larger percentage, materials be a larger percentage of the S&P, technology be a lower percentage before we are done with this reshifting. So the tech, big tech companies can rally off of this, but I don't think that's the end of the story. I think the downtrend probably will continue um, into next year. So the, the things that I think right now that are coming, I looked at a lot of stuff this morning. Um, basically, where I think the sectors and stuff like that is still, is I think you're still in oil and gas. You still have things like that that still have some room. Yes, their peak earnings may be there, but their earnings are still going to be better than everybody else's during the downturn, period. Um, then you have things like, uh, if you want to look at industrial metals, still commodity-based. Uh, those have started to come back pretty good recently, have good relative strength. Um, in those areas, but not things like silver that can be kind of co-opted by precious metals. I've got a friend who I beg not to keep buying silver, but he keeps buying it um, just because of the history of that. Industrial metals are fine, but I might lean more towards the uh, maybe the pre not precious, but maybe the uh, what are they called? The, the ones that are tend to be lithium, things like that. Um, one of the ones I like right now from a relative strength basis is REMX. Um, over LIT. They're very close, but REMX is the smaller player in that. And again, it is not a beautiful trend. It's under the 200-day, things like that. But it is starting to show some relative strength in here. And, it, and that over maybe just your basic steel and things like that, maybe something that has a little more legs in this uh, new age of EV and all of that. Or you can flip over if you're in it, if you want financials. Again, like I said, you got to be more specific. You can't go with just financials. You either got to go banks and say, I want the large guys, or you got to go something like KBWP, um, which is basically the, uh, which is basically the uh, property and casualty KBWP. You get some of these smaller ETFs yeah, that I, I don't like even know here. I like these. Oh, what it is, though, is these ETFs, this is specifically property and casualty insurance. They have not taken the hits. They're still above their 200-day moving average. Relative strength is awesome. And look at that flag that's yeah, just I pulled like back into there, act back to that resistance you're, or the, the, the previous resistance you're showing up at the previous breakout. It's a beautiful setup. Now, how many people are looking at insurance right now? You know, they talk about financial and banks and all this. Those are all still well below the 200-day moving average. This is already above it. Why do we want to go to these others? And then you look at something else. Again, I'm going to ETFs, but the same idea comes IHF. If you really want healthcare, personally, I'm going to want something more like healthcare providers right now. Again, have held up much better things of that sort. You know, if you want to be in... Um, industrials. Actually, industrials is one of the areas you can go with the more specific, but where's the leader? ITA. The leader is your defense names. What's happening like is, is you've got so many large lumbering debt-ridden companies in all of the major indexes that have the biggest market caps is they disguise a lot of the strength. So even if you're not going to invest in these ETFs, it is a great place to watch to see where your relative strength is or is not. And it allows you to go a level below the surface of sectors. 
Love We've it. been on the line with Tommy Lackey Jr. He's the managing partner and portfolio manager at Relativity Capital, uh, giving us a, a different look at the market. And uh, Tommy, it's, it's always good to have you on. And uh, I'm not going to wait so long next time. Thanks for joining us. And uh, great to hear your your smooth southern voice and uh, get us ready for the market, uh, the upcoming trading day. Thanks again, Tommy. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I always appreciate it. Hey, if y'all ever want to do something longer, let me know, because trust me, I could keep going for hours. I'm going to reach out to you, Tommy. Tommy, I'll take you up on that. I'll reach out to you, my friend. Talk to you soon, buddy. Definitely. All right. That's what I always like to see. You guys know I love my relative strengths. So uh, I love him bringing up some different kind of names there and diversification, right? He's saying it there. And I think it's pretty smart in what he said. Maybe not stock picking, because of course, these overnight catalysts sometimes just are surprises and you just don't know in this a lot of market. Tape but bombs. like you said, those, like those tape bombs, bombs you want to avoid those, right? ETFs yeah. can definitely help you avoid that because you're not going to just be putting all your eggs in one basket overnight and find out they're all broken in the morning. One thing, just be careful, like ITA is a thick one, but some of these ETFs you mentioned are pretty thin. thin. Yes. So you got so to watch, you know, if you're trading some of these things, some of those don't have, you know, the, the spreads might be a little bit wider on some of these. So I like to stick with the really, you know, not necessarily have to go spy ITA. You can trade that. That's thick. Um, so there's a few, you know, that he's mentioned that are pretty thick, but there's a few in there that you're only making a few trades a day. So you got to just be careful that you got the liquidity to get in and out of some of those. And I think he mentioned using them a lot as indicators, too. I think so, too. He's but looking yeah, at his yeah. indicators more than maybe actually making the trades on those. Yeah. So I wanted to ask him that, but he's gone. So, okay. Um, jump back in. we got five minutes here Let's left. Let's do we it. There's do, so much We could do a earnings. quick ticker time. I mean, we haven't done ticker time here for a little while. All right. So. How about we'll do this? You guys drop tickers that you guys want to be covered of their earnings because there's so many stocks today. I mean, we can go Valero, Halliburton, Logitech, yeah. Raytheon, Cleveland Cliff. I did see mentioned in the chat. So maybe we go to Cleveland Cliff. I think we should actually. Cleveland Let's Cliff. Go. So Let's do down Cleveland 11% Cliff. here. Business obviously cyclical, obviously getting hit here. Um, what were the earnings? Tell me the earnings. EPS at a 29 cent, missing the 55 cent estimate. Sales at yeah. 5.7 billion, missing the 5.82 billion estimate. They did announce a 1.8 billion reduction in net pension uh, OPEB liabilities. Honestly, I don't know what that is, but I'll just bring it to you because it seemed important. <laughs> it's cyclical business. I mean, you got a steel producer, iron ore. This is cyclical. This gets hit first. This shows up in the economy first because obviously, you know, you think of the businesses and the infrastructure and, you know, there's not as much spending there maybe going on as what there was a year and a half ago or a year ago or even six months ago. So it shows up first. And we've been looking for demand destruction in certain sectors and some of them lag. This one does not lag. Not much. So this is why, you know, stock is showing you demand destruction here right now. It's showing you that those earnings, you know, that we were looking at when the thing was trading at a P of four or five, maybe wasn't sustainable. You know, you had you know, obviously cyclical business stock up to $34 a share because, you know, the P just got so low. Everybody's like, oh, how can you go wrong? Well, cyclical businesses, those earnings don't stay high and sometimes they actually go negative. So you got to keep that in mind. Great support down here, like 1290 to 13. So yeah, there's a zone there. there. Yeah, that, yeah. Like right, yeah, right now you you have a just a, a step down seller over the last you know 45 minutes. He's looking for the true bids in there. 
can't we're not gonna really tell you to short it in the hole down a buck sixty one or over ten percent, but when you know you see you just see a patient buyer there, and uh, that was back at the end of September from twelve ninety really up to thirteen forty. Uh, that encompasses all those lows. So if you want to get into the stock or you're looking to cover short. You know, see how, how aggressive they are, you know, hitting those bids. But the actual low of the move uh, that Dennis mentioned was uh, 1290 I think it's just, you know, the way it's looking right now, I think it's, it may not get there. But, you know, keep an eye on that is uh, the low of the move at 1290 Next up, we'll go to Logitech. I do see some people mentioning it in the chat, so let's run through that. Logitech International EPS at 84 cents, missing the $1.10 estimate. Sales at $1.15 billion, missing the $1.27 billion estimate. Reiterating full year 23 outlook, but announcing a CFO transition as, it's, as their CFO is leaving. It's come down so I mean, there may be no stock like and obviously Logitech, a huge company over in Europe, $140 down to 45. Now it's trading <laughs> 49. I'd wait for a pullback here, but you've got no value zone in Logitech here. Yeah. I mean, I'm a value type guy. I don't know what the PE on this thing is, even on reduced earnings. I got to think that this PE is getting into the, like, the single digits almost, I would think. where do you, Can you see where it is, Mitch? I got you. I'll do it right now. He's uh, talking about it. It looks like I got a... Uh... Overall, 13.82. Forward look, 12.4. So low. I mean, you got all this support down at 40 from 2017, 2018, 2019. This is stock I'd buy in the low 40s. So um, obviously, it's a rally day-to-day. I'm not chasing anything in this market, so up 7.5%. But had the washout low to 41.81. I think you get the stock back down to 45, 46. I think long-term, you'll be okay. Oh boy, this is, there's not like, there's really no two levels uh, to, you know, tell you like, hey, this is great resistance. So uh, 49.44 was your September 16th high. Uh, kind of, someone looks like they're a little bit of seller here at 49. Uh, 49.03 is where you're trading. So 49.44 for one target and then um, another target uh, would be just right at that $50 area. Uh, the high on the 15th, 50.36, but looks well bid for now. Just make sure if you're playing this one that it just, you know, gets bid and where the, you know, when this candle turns to a regular session candle, you know, make sure that, you know, it holds, let's hold 49, you know, goes up to, you know, 49, 10, 20, 30. I'd hate to see it. You know, if you're long it, oh, opens 49. Boom, goes 49, 20, then gets locked down back at 49, uh, below the open but uh, i guess this this one and I've, I've, I've talked to some different people about this one the old back to the office thing right uh people gonna be new you know after being absent new computers oh, new mouses sure. um is something that could could be a um a headwind for this i i i think so too because you just look at the headwinds and you know you're obviously everybody's you know been buying pcs we had the pc boom pcs are hurting so yeah. this is why, you know, Logitech direct play on PCs, really. I know mean, all the components and all the parts that go in, obviously, you know, mouses nope. and all your other, uh, you know, stuff you use with a computer. So, I mean, people aren't buying new PCs right now. They're not going out there and doing that. So that's why these earnings are cyclical to a certain extent as well. I just feel like it's come down so far that we're back yeah. to like where we were, you know, even pricing in all the cyclical earnings. I mean, it's from 140 to 40. So not that it should have ever been at 140, but 
you're back to where you were in 2017. I mean, this company is not going away. I don't think computers are going away. I don't think mice and I've, I mean, I've got a Logitech mouse I'm holding here in my hand right now. So um, one thing I would be worried about, and maybe you guys can do a little deeper dive into their earnings report is inventory right? Are they amassing a massive amount of inventory, slowing down sales? Well, they'll have to eventually discount some of that inventory to get it out. And that's another thing to keep in mind when I was taking a look at different stocks today. I know there was uh, some talk about Adidas, you know, dropping Kanye West. But what I think that is an important thing is taking a look at different areas, right? Uh, These shoe companies are starting to run into problems also. So I think in the long run, Nike, is in trouble, right? They've already kind of given you a little bit of a hint out there. I talked about on uh, earlier this week, uh, I talked about Skechers. Uh, Skechers is one that uh, has been put out a big short report that some people are expecting for that to start getting hit hard, SKX. And then of course, we'll see what happens in Foot Locker, right? They had a good earnings report last time. Will this earnings report start bringing it down? We'll see what happens. And Skechers reports tonight. So just keep that in mind. SKX does report earnings tonight. So you get that fundamental information coming in. Foot Locker, it, it had the big gap and go. It's filled the whole thing. Come all the way back down. Just showing again in 2022, you just don't chase. You don't want to chase because eventually it seems like it gives you another shot. Some of these stocks, so like you think you're buying Nike at 87 bucks, you'd be happy 10 years from now? Probably. I think some of these, it depends on your time horizon at this point in time. But again, if we go into a in our recession, which we've been calling for, which maybe has not materialized fully yet, some of these stocks are really going to get hit. So, but Nike's been cut in half. The multiple's not crazy. The valuation's not crazy. I mean, at a yeah. certain point in time, Nike's not that bad. You know, you're going to get it at seventy, maybe. But... I don't, well, real quick, I, first of all, I got to hop here. We got a creeper rally going here, uh, thirty-seven ninety. We're coming the back. Dip, can't yeah, right by the dip here. I'm going to see what happens uh, right now. I mean, obviously, you guys all know about that 3820, 3822. That's like your five-star resistance. Let's see if they can get the uh, uh, spooze green, first of all. That's 09 and a quarter. That's been our high close for the month. We want to keep improving on that. Just one thing on Nike, channel checks. Went to God, buy a pair of shorts and went to the local company, and they said, you know, I'm like, where's your Nike stuff? And they're like, they're not they they cut their contract off they're bringing everything in house they're not they're going to be doing everything through their site i don't know they'll probably still have their own stores and everything but nike they're they're bringing things in house so well that's been uh, the worry with foot locker for a long time yeah i mean we've yeah. talked about you know that potential that nike starts selling you know not through you know intermediaries and not through you know, businesses and they're still selling in foot locker but they are selling more direct direct exactly. to consumer so, you know, that's a concern. I mean, Foot Locker, you can see it in the price. 2017, $70 is $30 a day. It's a business that, you know, is suffering for those reasons. Oh, man. They, Joel He's said, gone. I'm out of here. He's out of here. Fast, He's out. Man. Yeah. Was that something I said? I, I don't know, Dennis. I don't think he likes <laughs> us much, but <laughs> all right, so, we'll get on so out money of match. here. Money, yeah. Mitch. You're. Let's. Uh, you know, I got to go here too. I guess you got to go too. So I nah, guess no rush. Next What's show. up, Dennis? What do you think? No, I'm just gonna say, like, I'm. I'm. It's this market is a lot of confusion. You know, mm-hmm. like again, I think both of us, you know, are looking at this, and we still think this recession's coming. We're kind of been on the same page here, but yeah. we still have these creeper rallies and the buy the dip mentalities in here. And I mean, uh, how do you approach this market 
when your bias says, I don't want to own stocks, but then the tape is saying, I kind of want to own stocks. So I'm still in the day trading mentality there. And that what that means is uh, that I'm just looking for daily momentum. And daily momentum seems like right now, this week, seems like we're more, the, the easier path is towards the upside, not to the downside right now. And why do I feel that? Is because it seems like these earnings reports, and it happened last quarter, right, where we expected horrible earnings reports, but they were kind of coming in line, if not beating a little bit. And this is keeping kind of the momentum for this rally going. Unless we get a big surprise, I think tonight, I think we're going to have a little bit more of a run. Of course, then next week we get FOMC meeting and then all hell breaks loose again because we start talking about interest rates. But right now we're, we're earnings focused. Yeah. And I feel like that that could be a driver for this week. And they've been okay so far, the earnings. I mean, we, you know, we're expecting, I was expecting this earnings season to be a disaster and it has not been a disaster. We've had some warnings, but mm -hmm. it's been pretty good so far. So that's a consideration here. And that's where I, I'm looking in there. I'm just looking at the tape. And Big the news stocks tonight, right? Alphabet, yeah, I, We're going to get a lot. And this Visa, is going to matter. We're Spotify. in the heart of it. This is the heart. You know, yeah. again, you know, you look at your calendar. Alphabet, Microsoft tonight. Obviously, those two are jumping out at us. Tomorrow, Meta's. Everybody's going to be talking about Meta earnings. You'll hear from Ford, but people will be talking about Meta tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then Thursday is just when it is, like, the heart of it all <laughs> with Amazon and yeah. Apple and intel and caterpillar and even mcdonald's and shopify and you name it it's reporting so gonna be an interesting thursday yep let's see if we can get through on the spy 380s today i think that's a good level to look for some resistance to play but if we can burn through that well and we'll start getting out of the range right we've been in this 378 356 range in the spy for so long will we break out of it we'll have to wait and see like always, Dennis, you do what you do best, man. Go get them. Thanks very much. All right. We're going to start wrapping up and bringing you guys over to live trading. I hope that you guys enjoyed the action today. There's a lot to talk about, and definitely we're going to keep running through some of the earnings reports, some of the outlooks uh, that we have in the market. I did see an interesting rating of BOA. Uh, securities upgrading Hibbit to a buy, and so Hibbit Sports getting some lift today. There's a lot to talk about on live trading. Come over and hang out with us, team, as we continue trading into the market open. And you get options actions. You sometimes get a little bit of some YOLOs even. And myself taking, of course, equity. You got Ryan taking some time, some scalp trades, looking at some smaller uh, big movement stocks. So come over. We cover it all on live trading. I'll see you over in just about a minute. I'm already late. They're all going to be yelling at me because it's 9.08 and we're supposed to start at 9.05. Let's get to some trading action. I'll see you next time. Pre-market prep. Hit the thumbs up on your way out if you're not coming to live trading. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.